It's Tuesday. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Out podcast. This one has some real life examples from me of how to overcome fear. And this week, it's talking. I'm talking a lot about wrestling, talking about uh, showing your emotions and your feelings towards someone else, as well as how to get old, How did I get over my fear of public speaking? And some practical advice on what I did to do it, but how you can equally do the same thing. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Inside Out podcast. Um, I'm your host, Sean Barnes. This week, we want to talk about overcoming fear. Um, it's, a, it's a topic that I, I actually speak about quite a lot with um, the various different sports that I'm in. And one of the, one of the main parts is, is um, fear really comes from the unknown, not knowing what's going to happen. And uh, that scares, that scares me, I'm sure it scares a lot of people. And, and and it's hard to to want to do something when you don't know the outcome, and that that's what I want to go into today. I feel that the best way to to illustrate it is really to to actually uh, give real life examples, um, and some of these I've alluded to in previous podcasts. But today I want to go a bit deeper into those areas because I I want to like I want to show and illustrate to you the fear that I had and how I overcame it. The first one is public speaking. I, I went into it um, briefly before and 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 they um, I've alluded to it in a couple of episodes, but public speaking and. Um, you know, one one thing about the the sort of career that I'm in is I, I do have to do a, a lot of uh, speaking in front of in front of honestly mainly very small audiences like ten twenty people at most, and that used to make me so nervous because I I actually hated the thought of people actually looking at me at when I'm talking in terms of, like, everybody had their attention on me. And I realised that and at that point in my, my career, when I was sort of more technical, to go into the, take that step into that more managerial position, I would definitely have to get more comfortable in these areas. Um, and, and when I say more comfortable and getting over the fear, I don't mean that you have to be great at it, because I'm definitely not, um, great at it, but I can do it, and that's that's the difference. I couldn't do it before. Now, and 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 transitioning into sort of more managerial uh, positions a couple of years ago, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to try out Toastmasters, and I'm going to try out uh, find a project management related club, and go to that. Not just to meet new people, but to really get in front of an audience of 30, 40, 50 people, sometimes maybe even a little bit more, and actually 
talk and, and, and do a speech or even just go out there for 30 seconds. And I'm, I'm telling you, the first time I did it, uh, I, so, sorry, um, I went, I, I looked at art, I found one, and I went, and one of my friends went along with me, and and we got there, and I was so nervous, and there's a part of, there's a part of the meeting where it's more like, um, the, the whole point is that, the whole point of the, that part of the meeting is you're you're thinking on the spot and you're so you, you don't know what you're going to talk about until you get up to the front when you get up to the front in, in front of the audience they would give you a subject and it could be as simple as sports or your favorite tv show or uh tell us about a time where you had a difficult situation in the office some, something like that but the, the catch is you can't prepare because you have to go up to the front. And I can remember the first the first meeting I went to, I actually was so scared to go up to the front. And um, I remember when they were asking for volunteers and I'd, I looked at my friend, he looked at me and we were like, oh, I can't do it, <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, and, I, and, 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 and to be honest, I backed out of that. I was like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it right now. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll love to, to fight another day. I, I can't do it tonight. But I watched everybody do it. And I, and I stayed around for the meeting and I, and I met some new people there. But that was because of the fear. And the fear of going up to the front, the fear of not knowing what I'm going to talk about. And... Um, doing it in front of like I think it was like probably like twenty, thirty people in the room. That was nerve wracking for me. So I, I didn't do it the first week, of course, but I I at the end of that meeting I said I wanna join this club. And this is a big part because this is me making the commitment to this improvement. Not just financially, but committing to the people who I'm, I'm with. Now, I went up to them, uh, uh, the person who runs at uh, that, that club, and I says, hey, how do I join? Okay, I joined by doing this. Great. Okay, filled out all the paperwork, made all the arrangements, got everything sorted there and then, and I made that commitment to, to improve. And at that point, it was the, as I say, the verbal commitment to them, but it was the internal commitment to myself that this is something that I have, uh, has, that I want to improve. And like I say, improving is not being the best at it necessarily. Improving is just you worrying about yourself and taking that next step to improve where you were before. Because... The reality is the first speech or the first thing you got there is not going to be perfect. But you did it. And only then you can work forward and make it better. So I remember going back to the, the, the second the second meeting uh, at that club. And I took on one of the meeting roles. And uh, the, the meeting role was the grenadian. And basically, in a nutshell, what that role is, is you're essentially uh, looking out for word use and vocabulary or inappropriate word use in the meeting, you know, like saying a lot of filler words like um, ah, uh, but, 
you know, like these sort of words that are used, not they're, they're okay to be used, but it's like as you use them excessively. So that was something I had to be very conscious of and watch around the meeting. And the other one was to introduce a word of the day and encourage people to use a a word that a word during the meeting. No, that role doesn't sound like you have to give a speech. And you technically don't, but what you have to do is you have to go up to the front at the beginning of the meeting and say, Hey, I'm Sean, I'm the Grenadian, this is my this is what I have to do tonight. And you tell everyone. But that, that night has lasted twenty seconds, thirty seconds at most. And I was so nervous for that. And and, and, and I remember it because my hands were shaking so much, like I, I couldn't I literally couldn't like, stop shaking because I was so nervous. And then, and then actually, what I did do was the same meeting. I actually took one of those uh, questions, you know, the ones that I just mentioned about the um, the impromptu part of the meeting, and that's where you don't know what you're going to talk about until you get to the front. And I was like feeling good i'm gonna i'm gonna try i'm gonna i'm gonna try my absolute best to do this so i get out to the front uh and honestly i can't remember what my topic was that i remember throughout the whole time i was up there i was thinking wow like this is hard this is really hard to talk about something for just two minutes I was shaking, I was nervous, I was totally using all the filler words, and I was probably not making much sense at some points, but I did it. And this is the thing, far from perfect, very far from perfect, but I did it. And I was proud of that. And just for just for a, a reference, the fear of going up public speaking doesn't get older the first time that you do it. It's doing it over and over and over and over again. So I continued to go to Toastmasters many, many times after that. And I'll, there's many meetings after that I did go to. But, you know, just to sort of summarize, um, I went to many meetings after. I tried speeches. The first speech was... Um, what they called the, the icebreaker, and it was like literally you just talked about yourself or about your life or about something that you lost for uh, four or six minutes, and you could do that, you know, just talking to the audience. You could have a, you could have a presentation slide deck, whatever way you wanted to do it. You had four to six minutes to present in front of the people and and also use uh, a specific. Uh, structure so that you were giving the audience time to sort of uh, sorry like a chronological approach to digest what it was that you were saying so for me that was that was a difficult one because I can remember when I was going up to the icebreaker this was a step up from the other ones actually as a matter of fact like I said that week where I did the sort of impromptu part and the and the uh, gr- the Grenadian role, I actually committed at that meeting again to do my speech the next time, knowing nothing. I didn't know how to structure a speech. I didn't know 
um, what the speech entailed, what I had to write about, nothing. I just said, I'll do it the next meeting because I knew that when I made that commitment to them and to myself, that I would do it the next time. And I'll tell you, the, the, the feedback I got from the first speech was actually very, very good. And there was some things I, I walk, like I pace sometimes on the stage, like back and forth, like when I'm nervous. People have their own tells. Some people play with their pen or they they play with their jacket or something. But everyone has their own, like, nervousness things. And I I had mine. And I'm still nervous when I go up to the front. But I'm very comfortable doing it now. So, anyway, the I did that. I, did, I went on to do many, many more speeches after it. But um, there was an opportunity. Uh, so, not just... I got as as time went on I got more comfortable doing the speeches. And the fear, because we're talking about overcoming fear, began to go away. By doing the reps. Last week I talked about doing the reps, putting in the work. And I put in the reps to get over the fear. And that's that's how you get older in most fears. And, I mean, we're like literally like 10, 12 minutes in, and I could just leave, stop right now and just say, the only way to get older fear is to do stuff. And that's true. But I, I'll, give you, I'll give you more on the Toastmasters thing, because I there was an opportunity later, because again, as I say, I was trying to transition into a managerial role and there is another fundamental part other than the communication and it's leadership. Leadership is uh, a part of that that I had never I had never been a leader. And I got nominated to lead the entire club. I got someone nominated me to lead the entire Toastmasters club. Um, which was crazy, because I remember the day that happened, and I was like, wow, like, you want me to do that? Because I've never, I don't really know much about Toastmasters, let alone being a leader. And I was scared of what that even meant. Like, what did that role even entail? I didn't even know, and I was scared. I was I had to overcome the fear of the unknown again. And I just felt like I was getting comfortable in the whole speech thing at that point. But anyway, so this is the way it went. There was a nomination for the leader of the, the club, the club president, as they call it. And so the president's role was was um, being, this was the next up, the role to be filled at the club. And and I'm pretty sure there was another nomination or two, and another another woman in the club goes well. Well, sorry, there before the meeting, there's actually an option to nominate people before the meeting, but also in the meeting at the 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 elections, uh, there's an opportunity to nominate someone else who is also there if you feel that you want to nominate them. So. 
right enough, someone says, I nominate Sean. And this is where I say, you know, you want me to do this? And she's like, yeah. And I had all of that small portion of time because she asked, she nominated me. And then the person who's leading the elections, the current club president says to me, Sean, do you accept the nomination? And I say, (laughs) there was like a couple minute pause and I'm like, a couple minutes, couple seconds, sorry. I'm like, yes, I accept the nomination. And I can remember and saying, okay, I accept, Sean accepts the nomination and I think there was another nomination or something. And I was like, wow. Like, and I looked at, the, there was a guy, there's a one of my friends sitting next to me and I looked at him and I says, dude, what does the club, president do <laughs> I was like I don't know what they do and um, I was like what is it and I got to leave the club like what did I get nominated for this and I said to him so we obviously I had a, I had a, I had a second to sort of say you know why uh, I should be the, the, the president right and the, the things that I thought of was well you know what I'm not. I'm not going to claim to be the biggest Toastmaster or the most experienced Toastmaster. I'm not going to claim that I'm an expert here. I'm not going to claim that I'm the best at speaking. I'm not going to claim that I can lead this club to new heights and all of that stuff. But what I can guarantee you is that I'll look out for the best interests of this club. I that is the number one thing that I'll think of. That I whoever's on my like executive team, I will. I care. I I I work for them, and I care about what each and individual one of them want and need to perform their role. And the mission is always to de- do what's best for Toastmasters Club, like the Toastmasters Club. That's it. And, I guess. Uh, again, I was nominated. I was I was elected as the club president, and I think that was like a month or so, or a, a few weeks, anyways, before it actually began. And it began in I can't, I can't remember the month, but it began. But the year, the the tenure of being president was one year. But I and 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 again I'm I'm elaborating more than what I first initially thought because this is all about overcoming fear and and really going hand in hand with going out your comfort zone, and this is my real life example that I'm sure you can think of real life examples where you had to do something that you didn't do before, and go out your comfort zone. So, again, I was elected as the club president. And I was like, okay, so there is a club officer training thing, but the uh, I'll be very, very honest, the training is just like, what is the president responsible for? It doesn't give you any other practical tips on how to run your club. But but anyways, besides from that, I I was like, okay, so how do, how do, I, how do I get the... Because the number one thing of being a leader is, well, 
the people that you're working alongside have to believe in you. They have to respect you. And I had never, these are values that I have, right? These are just things that I think of. It's not something that I read a book or something. I believe that the best way to lead a team is for the team to respect you and the team to have that one-on-one rapport with you. So I, 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 right enough, I go and talk to each an individual one of them because we had, you know, we had to work together, right? And each individual one had different roles. And I remember the first conference call that I was, that I had to lead, right? Because I was the president. And I can remember it was, we used to do it on Thursday lunchtime. And I was so nervous before it. I didn't know how to lead it. I didn't know how to lead the call. I I knew the agenda. I took it from what it was before. And I tried to keep things close to what they were before than just someone else taking it. And I honestly had no idea what to do. And at the the call started. I says, you know, okay, so we and and I, I, other than knowing who was on the phone, I was like, wow, right, okay, so this is what we're going to talk about. And anyway, as we go through the call, and I, and I seem to get a little bit more comfortable. But I was in a meeting room at work, and I actually was pacing back and forth because I didn't know. I I, I was so nervous, and I didn't know how people were going to react to things, and. One thing that I did, and I believe is correct still, is, so, you can ask a question to the group, but there's, again, like, you'll know from the people you work with, there's always the same people, or people that, the, the, the group of people who will talk more than the other group. So there's some people who are very outspoken. And I, I think there was six, seven of us in the call, and I always made a point of asking each individual one for two reasons number one to get their voice across and and get their their opinions across on stuff and number two to make sure everybody felt included in the call there was these two reasons why i did it and that was different from the way it was done before i believe i was only on one of the calls before and it, it was you know just an open-ended question to the group which by the way that way is also okay but i i feel i like my way as well so again fear i was i was so scared to do that call i was so nervous about it and as time progressed throughout the whole tenure of being president, I actually became very, very comfortable in that position. I was very, very comfortable, you know, uh, taking the meeting and, and going through the agenda and talking about subjects that we had to talk about and getting things resolved. I was very comfortable with doing that. But the word fear always comes to mind because fear is the unknown. And I had never done any of that before, and I did it right. And I and I and I also before I before I finish off the Toastmasters topic, I want to go on to something else in a second. 
I always talk way much, way too long on these things because I plan on talking for like half an hour and then, you know, it goes on and on and I feel that these things are all relevant to say. But I think it's all valuable and that's 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 what the goal of this is. And last thing, when I when I was when I left or finished being the president of the club, the things that I just said were the things that people pointed out great leader wants to include everybody in the calls and in our meetings in general i ask every single executive member what they think or what they want and number three always having the best interest of the club at heart and guess what people loved and appreciate that and that means a lot to me that they said that because that's what my intent was. And that's another thing about uh, intent. That word intent is actually important in all of these things because we're, as humans, we're not always, we're not always great at saying how we feel or, or um, showing how we feel. But if you have the right intent and you know what your intent is, subconsciously the other person's going to pick it up anyway. Even if you're nervous or you're scared or whatever, they're going to pick it up. And I think that's super, super important. And I couldn't have been more proud when I left the Toastmasters Club because that was the, the the best part was when I got that feedback. Now, wrestling. I, again, I I sort of said the story, but I'll quickly, in case anyone has not heard the other episodes, I, at the beginning of this year, this January 1st, 2019, I was in a hotel room in New York, and it's really early, I had no idea why I got up this early, but I did, and for the first time, I thought, you know what, I'm going to write a journal. And I write in the journals, you know, things that are going on, things that I think are missing, things that I'm enjoying, everything. And I had that realisation that, wow, like, I just love wrestling so much. And I did it before, and I want to do it again. Like, actually participate in it. And really, like, make it a part of my life. And I did. I took action. As soon as a day or two later when I arrived back in Toronto, I actually made that happen. I joined Superkicked. And this is about fear. So I'm going to keep it very specific to that subject. I am, even right now, terrified. Absolutely terrified to go and perform in front of people. Now, not much different from the public speaking though, is it? But wrestling is, well, you know, I did say about, like, you know, the insecurity that I had about, like, having my shirt off and stuff. But putting that aside, it's performing in front of people. Telling a story, but without saying any words. Performing in a match and 
knowing your spots in the match that you have to know, but doing it in the heat of the moment, under the lights, in front of everyone. Terrified of doing it. And even go as far to say, in the beginning, I was terrified to even get in the ring in front of my fellow trainees. And it's only until a few months ago that I actually didn't really mind about it anymore. But it was fear. Fear is is hard to get over that. Anyway, talking about the we had I I started at Super Kicked and of course like they could tell that I had done this before, uh very sort of, you know, basic knowledge and, and some of what I retained. And they I can remember someone one of the guys said to me, Hey, in the next show, I'll give you something. I think I think you have you you're good enough to be on this the show. And I'm like, Really? Yeah, yeah, I think you can be on the show. I think we can get you something. I was like, okay. Terrified. I was terrified of going on the show. And I, let alone at this point was the beginning, right? So I was still nervous to just go in the ring with my, like, I wasn't nervous to do the actions in the ring. That I was nervous that other people watched. And these are people in that training school. And only a few months ago, I thought, you know, it wasn't really matter that much because who cares? <clears throat> Excuse me. Who cares if they if you mess up? Because we're in training. <laughs> we're in training, so of course you're going to mess up. Like that's the whole point of of doing training. Like you can't be perfect all the time. And I, and I can remember the 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 first show. Uh, oh, sorry, the, like the few times I went in the ring. The first training session, I didn't go in the ring. I was doing a lot of the chain wrestling. But the the second one, I got in the ring and I was, you know, I was told that to do, I was working through certain things, right? And I can remember being so nervous because, I mean, sometimes at these classes, there's 20, 25 people, maybe 15 people, 10 people, 30 people. Like, there's a big variation of how many people show up. But at the end of the day, I was still nervous to do stuff in front of them and I had no idea why maybe it was because I didn't want to maybe it's because I thought I didn't want to mess up or or whatever but I was nervous like I was very very nervous and it was it was something that I had to keep doing but the thing is when I got in the ring I got like a huge adrenaline rush man I was like I, I just love it, like, running the ropes and hitting high-impact uh, moves with someone. Like, I was just so... I was into it. But the thing is, it's because I loved it. Like, I always loved it. And anyway, the the point is, is it's we're talking about fear. And I was so scared about all of this stuff, right? Like, going in the ring in front of people... And then going to the shows and, and wrestling in front of people. But the only way you get over fear, as I said earlier, was by doing it. And, um, you know, it's okay if you don't want to do it. But, you know, you've got to know that by not doing it, you're not taking that step to, to, to get over the fear. 
the point a big a big thing uh in wrestling is is uh you have to be a larger than life character in some ways you got to be like an over elaborate version of anything if there's a guy that just walks around with a swagger and is cocky, well, in wrestling, you've got to walk around with even bigger swagger, be even more cocky, and be, like, really loud and obnoxious. And guess what? Then, when you're older to talk like that, people will react to you. And I had this weird thing where it's like, I don't know... I don't really know how to do that. And that's something I'm still working on to this day. But it's fear. It really is the fear of it, and I, 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 and and saying this story about Toastmasters, and the story about wrestling is because you you have to want to go out your comfort zone to to overcome that fear. And and I believe in it so much. Like uh, people are a lot of people are scared to public to public speaking. Like pretty much a lot of people I know are scared to do it. Or, or and they and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that uh, um, it may not be something that you want to do. It may not even be some something you're not interested in. But think about something that you are interested in. Sports, or public speaking, or whatever it is, and then ask yourself the question, why are you not doing it? And are you scared of something happening? Or even better, what's the worst that could happen? Because this is a, these are important questions because Oftentimes, I found myself, I've created this whole story in my head about how something could go, and it's always much, thinking about it much worse than what it actually is. And by the way, you might know the reality is, like, if you're going up to public speak, let's say, and you mess up your words, or even worse, you forget your words, like, this is what the worst that could happen is. But in reality, it's not actually that bad. Because, like, you can adjust for number one, but number two, like, that feeling of being embarrassed is, um, like, it's, the feeling is sort of overhyped. It's, it's not actually that bad. But again, like I say, and even in my own head, and I'm sure uh, some of you guys thought the same thing, like you think it's way worse than what it actually is. That if you got, if you're prepared, and preparation is a huge thing, by the way. I, I've done it a lot for speeches and things that I've done. And there was actually, I'd done a few wrestling matches, actually. And the first couple, I was just trying to remember what we were doing. And then, again, I was fear, I was very much fearful that I would forget. But I can remember the, a few in, a, a few matches in, I was thinking, I trust that I know this. I trust that I know this. And I didn't think about it as much. 
and I was confident in my ability that if I did forget it, the other person that I was working with would remember it or we would work into something else and people wouldn't even realise that we lost our way in the match. The moment where you sort of gain a bit of confidence in yourself and you trust yourself, then you can start to overcome the the obstacles. Or they don't even seem as bad anymore. One of the other uh, fears that I find that um, I, I hear a lot of people talking about is the fear of rejection. And I has, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast and how I certainly have this fear um, from, you know, from from childhood, teenage years, up until a few years ago. Um, Like I said, I was constantly, uh, I felt rejected and I felt like I was not enough. And I felt like I could try and do anything that it was never going to be, the feeling would be never be reciprocated uh, the other way. And the fear of rejection is is a tough one to get over because naturally you put yourself in a vulnerable spot, especially when it's, you know, in a, in a sort of a romantic relationship is you have to tell that person how you feel. And naturally, when you put your feelings out there, that person can either embrace it uh, and say they feel the same way and everything's great. But equally, that person could also say, no, I'm not. I don't feel the same way. I just see you as a friend or something. And that is only one example of rejection. But the thing is that is that's tough to that's a tough thing to ha- uh, to follow like it's a tough thing to follow up with that and say oh wow like she just wants to be friends okay and i don't know like i mean th- this this is contextual to just me but nobody likes the feeling of rejection and, and it depends how much you felt it in your life or so much so that you might be scared of it. But the thing is, we, I feel that we, and, and this is me, I've put those feelings uh, sort of on a pedestal and thought, if I get rejected, then that's another one on the list. Like, oh man, like this sucks because I've been rejected my whole life. Then then I, I I try I try and uh, tell someone how I feel. They say they want to be friends, or they ignore me, or whatever it is. And this is another one on the list. And I can't I can't do this anymore. And it's perspective. But the fear is sort of getting the better of you in that scenario because you're so scared to get rejected, or even just scared to say those words because you didn't you felt like. You didn't want to make be rejected, so there's two parts. I am terrified to say those things. Oh yeah, I really like you, or whatever it is I'm trying to say. Not so much by saying the words, but it's by what the action, the the reaction is back to me. 
And there's a couple of things that 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 come to mind. And like the feeling of rejection is never going to be a good one. That's clear. But it's not. You got to know that, and and this is to everybody listening, that. There's a, there's a saying where it's like, well, you know, to be happy with someone else, you have to first be happy on your own. And I never really understood that. Or sorry, I did understand it, but now it's to a whole other level. But I was like, well, I am happy. Like, you know, I'm doing that thing and I'm, I'm happy. Then I took myself out there. That happens. Then I go back to the beginning and go... Well, you know, it's just like everybody else. Like, I'm not good enough for anyone else. And it's like, well... And it, and it even goes to this point, actually. It goes to this point of... Why would someone even like me? Crazy, right? Like, why would someone even want to date me? Right? And this is why I'm scared or fearful of... Uh, rejection is because this is what it, it comes back and it's like the a feed, feedback loop from hell if you've ever read the the subtle art of not giving a fuck it's called the 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 feedback loop from hell and, and it goes round and round and you tell yourself all these stories you talk yourself down you make yourself feel like terrible but guess what you've got to be and, and I've realised this more as times went on when I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of self improvement, and I'm huge on it. And I actually was like, well, you know what? I trusted myself and knew that I'm good enough, no matter what anybody says. I'm good enough. I know my intent. Like I talked about earlier, my intent was to be a good leader. My intent is to be a good person. My intent's to be nice and kind, have empathy, respect, um, accountability for my actions. These are all my intentions. And whenever I, and and I, I can only speak for myself, but when I go and meet new people, I had to put that across in a way that I've not done before. And I've been doing it. And so far, I, I feel a lot better regardless of the outcome. So putting this stuff across and saying things uh, and 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 being very clear with my intentions works. But this podcast is about fear, and fear is what holds you back from doing that. Fear of what other people think about you. Right, I I went out with someone and I literally asked them these this question: What is your values? For example, mine says trust. On honesty, accountability, respect, communication. These are the things I value in a in a friendship or a relationship. And it's a very deep question. It's a very um yeah, very deep question for someone that you might have just met that night. But by their answer to that question tells me what they what they're like and their intentions and what they value. Because in our friendship or a relationship, you have to have equal values or, or or similar values. Not saying they all have to be the same, 
But to have some sort of compatibility, you have to, you have to feel those values, like, they'll, they'll be quite similar in that sense. Fear is an absolutely, it, it can be terrifying. It can be very terrifying to, to do something that you've never done before. Put yourself in a vulnerable spot. And, and these are all vulnerable spots. Public speaking in front of everyone. Very vulnerable. What if you forget your lines, etc. Wrestling in front of people. What if you just forget everything you're meant to be doing, but you're under the lights and everyone's watching you and you mess it up? Or telling someone how you feel, like emotionally, like put yourself out there saying, hey, I really, really value our friendship and I really want to uh, to hang out with you more. Or if you're dating someone and you're like, hey, I really like you, I want to go on another date with you. Like all of these things are really putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable. But the thing I all, and, and, and it's going to sound... Uh, cliche but the, it, there's a saying there's a there's a quote everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear and that I'd read that many many times and then it clicked what it actually meant everything that's good everything that can be great when you're hiding when you're not overcoming the fear when you're um, putting it off or not doing it because of the fear, then the possibilities on the other side of that are endless. Because you're not, if you're not taking action, then you'll never know what the outcome is. And fair enough, if you then, something you are scared to do, you do it. And then you realise it, it either goes the way you want it or not. But then you know the answer. That's the clear. That's the that's the the best thing about it. You know the answer. So, you know anybody that's listening to the podcast uh, today, anyone that's that's ever talked to me, um, like I I try my best to overcome fear and do 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 different things a lot because. And it helps you grow as a person. It helps you become more confident. So my question is to everyone listening today is what are you scared of? What's your biggest fear? And with that fear, what are you going to do right away that's going to help you get over the fear. And I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Inside Out podcast. It really means the world, the amount of listens that we're getting, the amount of messages that I'm getting to know that this is helping people and this is the whole intent of this podcast is to help people I don't I'm not doing it for anything else but to just hear the results that it's helping people with and I want to keep doing it there's more solo rounds coming up there's interviews coming up there's so much more great things for the Inside Out podcast 
and all you have to do is subscribe subscribe on itunes on spotify on anchor anywhere you listen to podcasts uh, you can find out all the places that's available you can actually go to insideoutpodcast.com and also you can email me sean s-e-a-n sean at insideoutpodcast.com